behalf of ADI, good morning, afternoon, and evening, depending on where you're joining us from. Welcome to episode two of The View from the Outside. Today's discussion is titled Survival Strategies for Designers. I'm Suresh Shankar, your anchor for today. He's our panelist. Aparna Piramal Raje is a columnist and author. Prashant Prakash is partner at Axel Partners. Adam Kalik is the principal of Soap Collective. He joins us from Chicago. Harish Vijul is a brand guru and founder of, of Harish Vijul himself. Sonal Dabral is the former Chief Creative Officer of Southeast Asia, Delhi. Now, before we start, a quick shout out to Seema State and to Ajmani and Nishant Wazir. These are the guys who handle all the back end of ADIA events. Hello, all of you. Quick fist bump to Garima Shukla. Garima will be doing sketch notes during today's discussion. Garima does this and she's not at her day job at KTM uh, Travel. Time now to say hi to Shanu Bhatia. Shanu is a member of ADI. Shanu, would you like to say hello and kick things off? Yeah. Hi. Hi. I'd love to welcome all of you panelists in the audience. Hi, Shanu. Hi, Shanu. Great to be here. Hi. Hey, hey Shanu. I know this promises to be a really exciting discussion that helps all the designers who, are, uh, who have logged in to take a leap of faith that we will all live to see another day. It's good to see friends here. Hi, Aparna. I think Aparna and I go back to one of the first ASOCHAM design committees where we finally realized that design was being recognized by industry. So that was a big one. Sonal, hi. Hi, Shanu. How are you? Back a long time. I think he's a friend to everyone creative and non-creative. He's just a friendly guy. <laughs> but the one who I'm really keen to listen to and tune into is Harish Bijur because Harish and I go back to a CNBC panel where oh. we have different opinion on Kirana stores and whether design, good design, could really improve their lot. So here I am again, Harish, plugging good design on behalf of ADI. Good and to see you. I think, yeah, ADI to us is really about good design, about understanding human needs, putting them in the center of strategy and creative solutions and creating something that can change lives. We truly believe that at ADI and all our members also strongly believe that. In fact, just this morning, Suresh and I were debating on whether large telecom companies have left good design behind in the creation of these mammoth, efficient, functional units where unfortunately the human element or the human interface has been relegated to automated customer service systems that just frustrate the consumer. So I think it is at this intersection of design and industry that I, I'd like to hand over the fate of this panel to you, Suresh. Thank Let's you. get started. Thank you, Shano. I remember a scene from the film Demolition Man where Sandra Bullock answers the phone and says, Hi, this is a human response. If you prefer an automated response, press one. <laughs> so in the future. <laughs> All right. Harish, Prashant, Adam, Aparna, and Sonal, welcome to the discussion. First question, Adam. Designers often pride themselves in their ability to do design thinking, that is to creatively reimagine their clients' business. Why do designers have such a hard time when it comes to reimagining their own business? Well, the first challenge is in the question itself. Uh, most clients don't ask us to reimagine their business. Yeah, they, do they, they, ask us, they ask us to solve a specific problem, and designers tend to overinterpret the problem. Uh, so I think the first thing we need to do is actively listen in the beginning to understand you know, the request, even our own request. Uh, otherwise, you'll diverge and friction will happen, which happens quite a bit. Um, you know, so it's, are, are we either problem solving or problem seeking? I think that's, that's key, in my opinion. So when a client reaches out to us to solve a problem with a request, then we have to actively listen what they're asking for. And then we need to come prepared before an initial meeting to understand the client business and the marketing challenges they're facing, and usually have three questions that relate to the initial request or address the adjacent issues. The other way is if you're problem seeking, even in reimagining your own business, uh, then you need to frame the opportunity in a way that could be understood. You know, why is this uh, opportunity if people haven't seen it yet? Would it be? What are the short-term benefits in doing it? What investments would you need in order to, like, people, uh, time, behavioral changes in order to make the opportunity come to life? And then, essentially, you need to sort of write things down versus it being in your mind. 
on what the core and adjacent issues are relating to the request and what the areas of opportunity to improve the request and what variables could affect the scope and outcomes of the request. Uh, last week, the meeting, we talked a lot about how to unpack and repack your business uh, in a way that the market can understand. And I think that's a key issue hopefully we'll talk more about today. All right, up on our next question to you. You saddle the world of both business and design, after the USA has at the same time. What is business options and design right now? So I'll interpret right now as being the COVID time. Mm -hmm. um, very immediate and I think right now business is probably not asking a lot about design uh, from the designers I speak to I think business is in cash conservation mode and they're really trying to make sure that design is, is it's not very high on the agenda to the extent that there were you know some people I spoke to who said that they're actually uh, holding off on making decisions because they know that there's a payment milestone associated with making that decision. So there is, I think, a group of people like that. Having said that, I think there's also a group of people who are looking at it as an opportunity and seeing is there something that we can do and think about and be long-term about and, you know, be, be creative about too. So I think there, there, there are, you know, there, there is that, that group of people also. But I think right now for the majority, I would say that there's a, there's a, just like this panel is survival strategy for designers. I think business is also looking at its own survival strategy. That's interesting, Afana. So business doesn't see design as an ability to cut it as a method to cut costs to optimize resources. They see I, it as an expense. I, I I would they I mean they will look at it. Maybe they look at it as an investment. Maybe not an expense. Even if you are, but you're making and looking at it as making into an investment into something that you don't need. I'm not sure. I really don't know if it's being looked at as something that's a business partner that can help them through this very difficult time. Okay, so that's an opportunity for design and designers. Thank you, Aparna. Harish, next question to you. Harish, in a recent article, you wrote about the end of the office, about how the home is the new office and the, the world used to be the oyster, or the oyster is your world. In your view, what's going to happen to the office? I mean, both the physical office and the conceptual structure of an office. Okay. Uh, see, uh, the genesis of this article was a piece of research I was undertaking during COVID days, uh, you know, those early days of COVID. And suddenly I found uh, that, you know, hey, guys were looking at their homes with a greater degree of interest than before. Uh, therefore, I thought about it and I said, in the old days, you know, when you and I were growing up possibly, we were always told, young man, young woman, go out there, the world is your oyster. And what is happening during the days of COVID is the world is not your oyster, but your oyster is the world and your oyster is the home. Because the home has become the center point of everything. Imagine, you know, this to be your oyster and this is your home. Uh, the world is not so important for you, but your home is important. And to that extent, I'm really saying that design is going to be very, very important in the days to come. Uh, homes are going to be very important in the future because the home is the point where you live the home is the point where you entertain yourself the home is that point where you gourmet dine the home is that point where you watch all your streaming videos and audios the home is the point where you possibly exercise yourself the home is your spa in fact the point of the home i mean the home is the point of literally everything the home is the point of everything uh, if you look at it in this manner, homes are going to become important. And, you know, I was speaking at a real estate major's uh, internal event. And when I did say this, I think there was some resonance because a lot of people are saying, hey, listen, guys, the home is more important than it used to be in the past. It is an office as well. On the second part of the question, offices are moving seamlessly to work from home. 92.3% of all IT, ITCS, uh, offices uh, within the cities of uh, the top six cities of India have seamlessly moved into a work from home mode. And typically, I work with two of these clients, so we have a business continuity process which kicks in seamlessly. And this is an imagined situation to say what happens if a virus hits you. And that scenario plan says that people in IT enabled services and enterprises can work from home, which means that work from home is becoming more and more important. So homes are going to grow, design of homes is going to grow deeper, 
offices are going through all right so these are opportunities for designers for architects for interior architects and maybe technologists as well to set up homes that are more that are all those things offices spas entertainment centers fine dining centers all right now it's time for a quick audience poll i see we have uh, 129 members in the audience and fast filling the first question is how are you doing personally how are you doing personally each one of you in the audience i'm sorry the panelists can't vote you can tell us verbally that you can't vote on this so here here are your four options and accept it into the new normal no problem stressed out don't know what to do I figured out new ways of working and living. I'm actually doing better than I was before the lockdown. I fall into the fourth category. I'm doing better than I was. I've learned to cook. Fitness routine is back in shape. I know how my washing machine works. I know how to clean my own house. Another. So I've figured out new ways of working and living. A good 23% is stressed out. Don't know what to do. Very few people. 11%, 13% are accepted into the new normal, and 26% say they're they're actually doing. Better than how they were doing. Next question is for Prashant Prakash. Prashant, you're the money man on the panel. So lots of designers are stressed out about money or the lack of it to monetize. How should we, as a community and as designers and as practitioners, be looking at money right now? Well, uh, I think uh, investors are uh, like all other humans, as uh, uh, perplexed about what the future is going to be. So it's not like any investor. Really understands uh, where the money should go or what they should be doing. I think what they are in uh, really is in uh, uh, more, uh, I would say, this protection mode. Right? They're trying to protect their current assets, uh, and in, for most people, uh, it's uh, their portfolio companies. Uh, if you're a venture investor or a private equity investor, you have uh, tens and hundreds of companies in your portfolio. So you're triaging through your portfolio and making choices. Uh, Who do you save? Who do you invest a bit more in, and who do you let to uh, let, let to die? You know, you, you, a few of the companies you'll uh, you'll have to kind of say, yeah, I mean this is it, right? So uh, you probably are in the wrong place at the wrong time, or you just did not have a large enough runway to survive this period. But I think uh, coming back, what what does what does it mean for entrepreneurs, designers who are entrepreneurs, either freelancers or designers who run businesses? I think uh, inherently entrepreneurs are optimistic, and they all believe that uh, the world is going to come back in the next six months and nine months. But uh, we've been uh, working hard with our entrepreneurs to train them, uh, train their thinking for uh, an 18-month period. We think just getting back to this is like a treadmill. This is an 18-month treadmill that we are on. If you are in the same place in 18 months, you have done very well. And, and, and that thread, just to be in the same place on this treadmill, it's going to take you 18 months. So you okay. need you need capital to survive through these 18 months, uh, which would mean uh, dramatically relooking at all your fixed costs, uh, being flexible about your valuation, being willing to take more money at the lower valuation, uh, finding new friends who can save you with a little bit of money during this period, whatever it takes, right? But uh, just uh, make sure that. You have money for this 18 months, right? I like the visual of the 18 months treadmill. You're literally running to stand still, and if you stand still yeah. after 18 months, you've done a good job. Yeah. What about debt, for example? Do you advocate a little bit of debt if you get it reasonably? Definitely, right? uh, definitely. And uh, you know, if you're an uh, MSME, there is some, uh, I mean, government schemes and all that. Some government schemes, but uh, debt is still very tough uh, in this country. So you know, banks uh, uh, still don't lend. So you still have to. Uh, find some uh, friends and family and investors if you are lucky and if you have a venture in it. All right, thank you, Prashant. Sonal, you're up next. Many large design firms, uh, Sonal, are quite similar to advertising firms in terms of agency structure. And I've heard this from quite a few people in advertising that the agency model is not working even for the advertising business. Does the agency model need to be relooked at and reinvented? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've been talking about it for some time. But you know, especially in India, what has happened is that uh, because in India the the traditional sort of so the traditional advertising uh, like print and TV uh, was for I mean till now is fairly big. I mean, 40 percent or 42 or 43 percent mm -hmm. television uh, spends. Uh, uh, I think 38 or something uh, is uh, is print spend. You know, I don't have the exact figures. Yeah, But what was happening was that the yeah yeah. 
but what was happening was that uh, the digital the digital what we used to call digital now everything is digital right mm-hmm. so we had been uh, big agencies had been lulled into this complacency that because we were inherently good television storytellers which we had learned right from the 90s when uh, television had kind of uh, exploded yeah we were great television storytellers so we were lulled into that and quietly what was happening was all these platforms that were coming in that are there now whether it's instagram facebook yeah which people are every day interacting with were spawning their own uh, creative you know for example you have these i was i mean i'm every time i look at tiktok i get absolutely humbled by the amount of talent that's there and what the platforms are doing quietly was saving all these uh, all these whether youtubers or instagrammers or tiktok artists their own uh, so to say tools to edit tools to tell stories better and all this was happening while we were sleeping big agencies were sleeping yeah and uh, all the big agencies had tried to uh, in their in their own system uh, brought in uh, brought in uh, so to say in the beginning a uh, department which were you know digital focused so to say but the important thing thing that needs to be done really really needs to be done now is that within big agency structure we need to have entrepreneurial units mm-hmm. entre we, we need to have within the agency fazal khan that ashish chandlani of this world and if uh, any of the people who are listening to this uh, webinar do not know who ashish chandlani and fazal khan are then uh, that's the first problem you know mm-hmm. so uh, so we, we need those kind of people within the agency and within the agency smaller units smaller entrepreneurial units who who act fast who work fast who think fast and who do fast you know because there there is this dilemma of you know really beautifully crafted work that is that will always need to happen beautifully crafted work what agencies and maybe big designer houses need to learn is that the realities will get lesser and lesser time in the in the in the world that we are living in right so within that lesser and lesser time something that you know for so long which is to craft communication better i am a big one for craft you know i really don't like things which are not crafted so that's why i was following your strict instructions of headspace and all that you know and yeah, i was running yeah. around getting books yeah. and all to raise yeah. my raise the yeah so i am very much for craft but the craft and the craft needs to come into stuff that we do really really fast and that's how we'll be able to get on top of uh, top of things but the reality is that things are take changing much much faster than we are kind of uh, keeping pace with and uh, before our consumers our target audience get hold of those tools we should be getting hold of those tools we should be knowing instagram stories much much better than my daughter or my son you know that's what i keep telling myself all right i see adam kalish not a quick reaction adam from you should large design firms have a sort of kunk work division inside themselves a sort of rebel division Yeah, the answer is yes. I, I totally agree with what Sonal. Um, that that's the way you're going to get innovation is uh, is to rethink a lot of things that design firms or advertising agencies have done and seek new types of opportunities, new type of skills that Sonal was talking about that address the needs of markets that are being untapped, for example, or that are just emerging. They call them greenfield. Uh, you're seeing um, like IDEO and other firms are actually creating like skunk works units within themselves. The problem is um, that there can be a backlash within the larger organization if the skunk works is seen as getting all the good opportunity and the rest of the people have to then generate the revenue. Oh, so them. in a way, you have to create new types of relationships, even with the people that you know. So now is uh, smiling. So you 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 have to reimagine your relationships within the organization as well as look outside the organization. But uh, but we need to get small in order to do bigger things. All right, it's time for us. And uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Sonal, I didn't mean to stop. But just 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 one last point that uh, this the current uh, the COVID, for example, has taught us that it needs to be accelerated. The change. That's all. All right. Speaking of COVID, time for poll number two. All right, members of the audience and attendees, you think this pandemic is one of a kind or the first of many? Two options: one of a kind, first of many. And for those of you who think that uh, this is nature's way of hitting humans' backs serves humans right for messing around with nature, I fall into the fourth category. Who knows? Maybe the first, maybe the last. But even both split between the first.
first of many have served human rights for messing around with nature. Some sort of divine retribution and just deserts that we're getting. Alright, so split between who knows, first of many serves human rights. Aparna, next question to you. You know, we as a community of designers keep bemoaning the fact that this design doesn't understand business well enough. We don't know money, we don't understand the nuances of business, we don't know how to talk to people in business. Is Indian business doing a good enough job of understanding design? Well, I think that Indian business has certainly invested more in design over the last uh, couple of decades so since the time that I've been involved with the industry. Um, and they've set up more in terms of resources. But I still think the challenge is, there are two or three challenges. One is I think that when it comes to defining a brief, I think clients still almost use creative work as a way of figuring out their brief. You know, I think if, for, to be a really good client, I think you have to be able to define your brief really well. I'm sure the, the people who are on the creative side they feel know, the eye. They feel will, the eye. Will, will, will figure yeah. that out, you know. So, 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 so I think that being so, so being when you say being a good client of, of design, being strategic about it and being able to understand that brief and defining it is one good part. Then I think Prashant spoke about optimism. So I think being able to leverage uh, a designer's optimism is 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 really something that is a very powerful tool, and I'm not sure if companies are fully doing that. So so that's something that's to, to think about. And I think the other part is that design is also we talk about the doing and the thinking, right? We've all talked about design thinking a lot over the last few years, uh, and this is certainly a moment of reflection and pause because certainly projects are on hold. Uh, things are not actually happening in the same speed necessarily. It's difficult to do things like prototype. But what you can do is be ahead of the curve and start thinking. So if you were to leverage design thinking for that, um, that could be a way also of the, the client and the design agency relationship being more productive. So that's, that's what I would say. Got it. Harish, with your next question for you. Your top three predictions for the creative industry, but in the near term future, three to six months. Okay, uh, a quick one on that. Uh, these are not my top three. These are my bottom three because okay. the top five have been sold to someone. I All need right. to make money with it. Uh, right. The bottom three, the first one is, you know, uh, doing things real in the sense that the creative industry needs to replicate the real in the unreal. Because the world you and I live in are looking very, very unreal all of a sudden. Brick, mortar, steel, and everything that's hunky-dory. Uh, replicating the rural in the urban, replicating the green in the brick and mortar, replicating the eco in the non-eco, replicating the organic in the non-organic, that's what I'm talking about. That's one. Uh, therefore, I call it ruralism. Hashtag ruralism. That is trend one. Trend two, uh, from the bottom, visualizing beyond the physical space uh, into virtual space. Uh, because, you know, the space that you and I are going to be talking about is going to be reasonably limited. We need to be virtualizing a lot of it. That is design going madly AI, design going madly IoT, design going madly virtual. I think that's the second one. And the third one is really uh, hygiene as the central point of design thinking. Uh, because design thinking needs to refocus on this one big issue. Uh, you know, I keep saying what Osama bin Laden did to the security industry uh, long ago. Uh, COVID-19 does to the hygiene industry. So everything needs to think hygiene. A hunt for clean air, clean water, clean clothing, clean shelter, clean design, clean technology, everything. And added to it is community interest. You know, suddenly there's a very forced community interest which is coming into play. This is not community interest by volition. It is by force. Uh, to say that, you know, look after your community, otherwise you're going to be struggling. And that is the key to it all. Because when you design now, you need to think not only of your client, his uncle, his aunt, his grandfather, uh, and of course his wife, uh, but you need to think of the surrounding locale and what can design do to leverage the locale to positive benefit of this entity you're designing. These are the three which I will talk about. So just to summarize, ruralism beyond the physical and hygiene, those are Harish Pichu's top three predictions and opportunities for the design industry in the coming three to six months. Prashant, uh, during a pandemic like this, uh, stock markets tend to reflect the overall economic chaos and many value investors see actually buying opportunities when the 
market crashes, some people are upset, but some people are also happy that it's crashed and I can buy good stocks that are at a half the value, the half the price that are selling at earlier. Do investors like you see this as an opportunity to invest in companies or to increase your stake in companies because times are tough and therefore you are willing to uh, look at opportunities at this time, similar to a value investor? I think uh, a lot of us are in the early stage investing business. So we are driven a lot by what entrepreneurs come up with. Right? So we, and uh, if, you, if you look at the past experiences from the 2000.com or the 2008, there's actually a lull in this period. There's, uh, you know, entrepreneurs for some reason uh, don't come out and start new startups uh, for some time. Mm-hmm. So we, we'll expect a drought of okay. new ideas, new, and it, maybe the entrepreneurs are also trying to figure out like everybody else, you know, what, what should they be focusing on. Now that said, investors, I think, will shift more towards uh, investing in business, businesses that are about moving bits, and not businesses that are about moving atoms. Right? What I mean is that businesses that are largely uh, lightweight, mm-hmm. largely about uh, um, uh, things that don't have a lot of heavy either retail backends or uh, uh, front end, sorry, or retail infrastructure to deal with, operational infrastructure to deal with, uh, they may come back and invest in businesses two years from today, but for the next two years, I think there'll be a shift towards digital-only businesses. Um, and uh, I think the third, I mean, to Arish's point, you know, what, what does this virtual world being becoming more virtual mean, right? It's about redefining experiences. So how can you redefine these experiences? I think you need designers to redefine these experiences. I think these experiences are not going to magically uh, become different, yeah. right? So uh, there's the only channel experience which is going to get redefined. There is, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, just let's take a simple thing, right? Everybody talks about work from home. How is how is the company going to retain its culture in a in a in a, in a world where uh, these employees are never just going to come together? So what kind of tools and what kind of technologies do you really need to help uh, imagine how to build company culture for the future? in a work from home environment. So there's a whole bunch of enterprise products and this is a great opportunity for India. And this is where, uh, you know, I can talk about it a little bit more later, but I think designers have never got a seat on the table with the founder, right? They've always been supportive, you know, service uh, add-on in in a company structure, right? And even in startups, I mean, I'm not talking about uh, traditional businesses that Aparna was talking about, even in startups, because unfortunately it's the tech folks who still get the first uh, seat on the table. And I think it's time for the designers to reach out and understand how to work more closely with the tech folks because they really can make a difference in this experience first world, right? So I think it's, a, it's, it's really about, uh, you know, reaching out and collaborating more with entrepreneurs and getting that seat on the table which uh, designers unfortunately till today have not been able to. Okay, thank you Prashant. With that it's time for our next poll. The question is, has the pandemic slash lockdown created new financial opportunities for you or your firm? You have four options. Yes, clients are asking and paying for new things and new services. Nope, no new opportunities. Help me cut costs and streamline operations. That's an opportunity. And four is what are you smoking, bro? Oh, a good 28%, a third of the audience asking me what I'm smoking. A good 34% saying no new opportunities. Only 17% saying the clients are asking and paying for new things and new services. That brings me to Sonal once again. Uh, Sonal, advertising as an industry is many, many times bigger than the design industry. I have two questions for you. Should the design industry attempt to become as big as the advertising industry? Question number one. And second, what will it take to become as big? No, I, I don't think they should attempt to become as big as the advertising agency industry, but they should definitely aim to become as influential. Maybe they both mean the same. Uh, I think what's missing right now, except for some, some of the big design houses, is the influence that they have on the overall 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 brand work of, of, of the brand that they are handling. And uh, I think uh, at my, my whatever I'm saying applies to uh, right from small design houses to medium size, because as I said, the bigger ones are uh, still doing it right. 
I think what definitely needs to happen is that design houses and advertising agents, when they are working on a project, need to come together much more. And uh, possibly because uh, possibly design houses can take the lead in uh, in kind of uh, connecting with the advertising agencies uh, when they are working on the same brand as a as the brand's advertising agency. So I think that it's the influence that they should they need to aim for. And one of the ways that can be done is that uh, because I think what's in favor of design agency right now is that currently it's not just about a print ad or a television ad or a, or an ad on Facebook, right? Currently, it's all about customer experience, which goes be much beyond advertising. And I think designers, design houses are by by their very nature, by their very training are better at that in terms of advising clients about the total customer experience, right? In terms of, so I think they should they should leverage that in terms of getting to the client, getting a bigger share of the pie, and getting having more influence with their clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having said that, I think it's really important that advertising agencies and uh, design houses start working much more uh, closely together than they've been doing. Yeah, so now uh, to, to build on what you just said, in the United States, Leo Burnett, uh, the advertising agency, they actually have a, a design arm. It actually works with the account representatives of whatever the big yeah. accounts are to do exactly sure. what you're talking about. And they've been very, very successful, by the way. And if I'm not mistaken, so now most Indian agencies do have an embedded design arm within themselves. They have a design set. Yeah. Yeah, some some of them some of them have been successful at doing that, but uh, uh, you know the problem with again advertising agencies is that not many have embraced design the way we know it. So that that's another lacuna. So agencies that have been able to do that successfully, like Leo Burnett as uh, um, the example was just given, right? So there are there are some agencies that have done it well. Harish, next question for you. There's a there's a rule in economics that says. People tend to, uh, human beings tend to overestimate the, uh, the short-term impact of a technology, any new technology, WhatsApp, Bluetooth, and severely underestimate the long-term impact of that same technology, electric cars being one. Yeah. Is this true of the current crisis? Are we overestimating the short-term impact and underestimating the long-term impact? Uh, all the time, totally true, for sure, but only, you know, we'll know at the end of it how it's going to pan out. Uh, but I want to take a point from that, and I want to say that, you know, I, I work a fair bit with tech startups, you know, uh, people who are putting together all kinds of hard products and want to soften it. I think this is where the COVID call, I call it COVID call opportunity, lies. Uh, you know, which is uh, digitalism is what you and I are talking about. Believe it or not, digitalism is going to overtake our lives post-COVID call. But digitalism can be reasonably hard, and therefore, Accompanying digitalism must be designism, if I am to corrupt the design into that as a terminology. Because digitalism is hard tech and, you know, design is soft tech. Or I hope it becomes soft tech, much softer than it is today. It's extremely important that you have a consumer at one end and you have a new movement called digitalism, which is a religion on its own. Everything that we do, uh, we do via the digital means. Now, this half digitalism needs to be softened by the intervention of design. Therefore, I would simply say digitalism first for COVID call, followed by design next. So, digitalism and design, I think, need to be bed partners. Totally hand in hand, walk the way right through. So, digitalism is the clarion call of COVID call. All so, right. only thing yeah. I would add there, Venkat, is. Yeah. Uh, the digital world uh, has at the center of product, usually, a digital product. Mm-hmm. And I think the comfort of designers, while there are, uh, you know, agencies working on user experience, but when you actually, if you take a product like Slack or take a product like Zoom, mm-hmm. and if you have to redefine it, and with this product at the center, uh, you know, your ability to work very closely with tech folks is, is a leap that I don't think most designers are ready for. Yeah. So we just have to uh, be aware of that. That is the challenge that we have to cross. When you talk about overall brand experience, product overall experience, mm-hmm. we are there. But digital product, specifically digital product experiences, we are not. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd, li- I'd like to I'd like to say one thing, Suresh. Uh, and, and, and I think the big mistake uh, 
that a lot of companies make when they go from uh, digitalization is that they tend to focus just on the digital. And, and I think we have, to, we have to bring the physical and digital together. This is a lot of what I do with companies, is that they tend to focus on the iPad, the iPhone, the form factor of the digital you know, conduit. And I'm trying to tell them that they need to marry the best of physical, the best of digital together to create a total experience. This is the biggest mistake that companies make, and that's why most technology fails, because they focus just on the technology. You've got to bring the physical and digital together, um, otherwise uh, technology will fail. There's an old saying, uh, at least here from the dot-com 3.0 era, that you build a click and motor business. It needs to be both click and motor. But, uh, but, but sorry, uh, just to interrupt there for a minute. Adam, I think there are two worlds today. There will be a world which is an omni-channel world, like you mentioned, where there'll be a physical and uh, a virtual, and there'll be a world uh, where which is going to be, you know, all virtual. So, yeah. you know, depend, but, but I think both are important. Like a second yeah. life of thought. All right, Aparna Piramadrati, next question to you. Now, uh, whoever I've spoken to in my informal polling abilities, half the world thinks that the COVID crisis is going to permanently change the way we consume, and the other half is saying nonsense as soon as the vaccine is announced. Life will go back to normal. They're going to consume exactly as they did before and with revenge consumption. They're going to consume with the revenge. Where do you stand on Permanent change or this will not pass? Can I, can I get away with the middle of the two options? No, <laughs> Mix certainly. Of the two. So I think that, that certain sectors are really going to change. Like education, for example, I think we all know is, is certainly no, no looking back. I think to have understood the possibilities that are uh, happening. IT also. Um, travel um, and those sectors are going to be really affected for, for quite some time. Um, you know, I would, I think that the sanitization that um, I think Harish spoke about, the, the hygiene aspect, just like we got used to all the protocols associated with uh, safety for terrorism, um, you know, just like that, we're going to be get used to that sanitization. That part is going to stay. And I would really honestly like to think that we take time out for reflection and spending time with family as we have been doing in the last uh, couple of months. So mm -hmm. I, I would hope that that is the case. And also the sense of community that has been spawned that over the last uh, few months. But I do think that, you know, people are looking forward to going back to work. I think people are looking forward to having their lives back to normal. And, and here, I think we're just speaking for people like us who are sort of pretty privileged and who have that option to make that choice, right? Um, I think it's for people who are struggling with just the basic means, I think it's a totally different set of realities that they're dealing with. So I think long term, I think we're going to see, but uh, I'm I'm also optimistic that there will be opportunities that come out of it. All right. Prasad Prakash, there's a saying in politics that says, never let a good crisis go to waste. Politicians make the most of any crisis. What can the creative industry learn from politics? Oh, no, this is a this is a great time. Uh, you know, uh, this, I'll talk about two specific areas, uh, and both of them have been touched upon by Adam and Aparna. So one is the uh, omni-channel world, right? Whether we like it or not, uh, businesses will have to deal with this, uh, you know, lock, uh, uh, lockdown, unlock, uh, you know, first wave, second wave, third wave. So there's, there's just going to be no seamless, you know, shift into one or the other, into people either just doing everything online or, I mean, we are, we are forced to like to go do physical things. Right? So we will buy that and then we'll probably have to retreat now and then. So businesses that can really straddle and provide this experience that can marry these two and make this more seamless. I think that there's a great opportunity for designers. I mean, just think of something in a retail store like a changing room. When are you going to use a changing? Not in the next 12 months, right? So, uh, what 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 are the technologies uh, for that, and how will you kind of substitute for some of these omni-channel experiences? I think there's a great opportunity there to marry them. The second uh, area, like Aparna said, is in education. What everybody is doing is using Zoom for education, using tools for, that were never meant for education mm -hmm. to have children, right? So Google Classroom is an okay product, I mean, at best, right? It, I, I think there's an opportunity to create the next creative classroom, which is going to be online, which, which is going to help students learn as good or better uh, because of the possibilities of this medium. So I think, uh, you know, I can go on, I mean, 
there are many many areas which okay. are going to be redefined and in many cases uh, for a world which is going to be partly real and partly digital all right thank you prashant it's time for our final poll as you can see today's questions are all very very personal to members of the audience should you and your organization survive the consequences of the economic lockdown will survive but barely not sure we will survive we will survive if we make drastic cuts people resources money and finally the optimists who say we will not only survive we will thrive after this all right seems like optimism is winning the day good 44% says we will not only survive but we will thrive after this and a good 27% says we will survive if we make drastic cuts only 10% say not sure we will survive i suspect there are many students and young graduates who are wondering what to do next i'm going to raise some of their questions in our q and a section Aaron, there's a saying in the legal community that lawyers make the worst clients. When a lawyer has to represent another lawyer, that's like the worst case you can ever get. Uh, your firm helps a lot of uh, organizations reinvent themselves, spot new opportunities, compete with non-traditional partners. Do you ever get design agencies as your clients, and do, do designers make the worst clients? Yeah, they do. Um, you know, uh, because you're too close to the situation, so it's like the cobbler's store. Um, I, I think, uh, but but in the end, I think designers don't make terrible clients. Uh, as uh, was stated last week at, uh, or a couple weeks ago, designers are emotively driven based on their needs, and we need to understand the theory of mind of others, including the consultants that consult for the design firms. Um, designers provide a professional service that combines creativity, logic, and specific outcomes. I think that's very important that are human-centered. Um, I think there's three things, because I was looking at all the questions in the Q&A, I think there's really three things that I would recommend and that we talked about last week. What drives your income? I think that's the most important thing I always ask aside from you're defined by your income stream. What defines it? There are really four things that define your income, your reputation, your goals, your years of experience, and your credentials. Those four things drive any income. So you have to recognize that the market defines your monetary value first. So I looked online, what does a graphic designer in New Delhi make in terms of money? I was just I was just sort of curious about that. And it was about 18,000 rupees per month or about $241. The question is, is that a fair income? And if yes, you can command it, that's great. If no, then you need to differentiate yourself in a way to demand a higher market value. The second thing that designers need to do is unwrap and unpack your offerings in a clear way. I think a lot of design firms don't have clear offerings, and I think that causes confusion to clients. You need to break down your processes into smaller bits to deliver the value. So it's not a menu of options. Last week, I think it was like create a menu of options. You don't want to create a menu of options because that causes confusion. But you want to say, what type of problems do we solve? I think we, that's what we need to focus on, not on the menu of options. And, and uh, so I think that's what we need to do. Third thing is that designers need to create a limited liability corporation and need to, uh, need to become a legal entity. Most designers are not legal entities, they're individual operators, and that's a huge financial risk, especially if things go bad. So create a limited liability corporation because they will also then create a level playing field between a corporation that hires you and you as an individual provider who is also a corporation. That makes a huge difference in terms of your design briefs and all sorts of stuff. So I think if, 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 they, if we can do those three things, I think we'll become more competitive uh, and also more relevant to our clients. Harish, let's talk about your business for a change, not the design business. What's the future for a consulting business like yours? Okay. Uh, see, a consulting business is really a mind business. It's strategy consulting. And if you really look at COVID call and all the turmoil that's been created, uh, what it does is it actually tells people that, you know, we are in turmoil. We need ideas. We need thoughts. We need processes. We need systems. We need pathways. And therefore, you know, every one of my colleagues and I, more my colleagues and less I, have been working 16-hour workdays. Therefore, it's a good time. Uh, actually, turmoil time is great time for a consulting business. Uh, you know, there are some businesses which are insulated uh, in both ways, like the alcohol business. It's good time business, it's bad time business. <laughs> but consulting, this is the best of times. It was the worst of times, and it certainly is the best of times. Do you agree with uh, Adam's formula of unpacking your services into different chunks of clients to choose only one or the other service instead of hiring the entire consulting firm? 
I think so. I think so. But the point is this, uh, you know, consulting is reasonably broad, broad spectrum as well. Uh, because you pick one idea from a space of an app into, into a retail client. And you take something from the retail client and put it into a pharma client. So, uh, not so much in broad spectrum strategy consulting, but in niche strategy consulting, which uh, revolves around advertising as a vertical, strategy as a vertical, branding as a vertical, marketing as a vertical, retail as a vertical, distribution as a vertical, yes. Thank you. Next question, Sonal, if you can unmute your mic, it's going to come to you. This is the final question in the panel discussion before I go to the audience for questions. One of your colleagues, Rory Sutherland of Ogindi, famously said, sometimes businesses have problems, but they don't have a media budget, and therefore ad agencies don't know how to solve the problem. Have advertising agencies focused too much on creating print ads and TV ads and media spend and not enough time solving a client's actual problem? No, I wouldn't uh, totally agree with that. Uh, the only pro problem with the agencies has been that uh, they've been getting paid for the advertising work they do, but not so much for the strategic work they've been doing. And some of the big agencies which have had some really good relationships with some big clients have been very, very for long term uh, big strategic partners of, the, of their clients. And uh, But it's the consultancies who come in, come in and then uh, get the money for their thinking and all that. I think the problem that happened for agencies is that uh, this whole field of consultancy, again because of tech and because of the demands of the times, became so much more complicated. You know, now, for example, agencies have to have that rigor, analytical, scientific rigor, analytical skills to, to kind of comprehend the data. These, 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 these kind of things are alien to most agencies. And that's the, that's the thing that they are now trying to focus on. While on the other hand, if you see globally, big consultancies, Accenture, Deloitte, everybody has pumped money in. And what of the biggest of, I mean, not the biggest, but the brightest of ad agencies. Like Accenture bought uh, Droga 5. Mm -hmm. So suddenly an Accenture and Deloitte with the creative powerhouse sitting inside them start to become, look that much more attractive for the marketing budget uh, of, of the client. So that's, that's something that we, the agencies have to be really wary of. And that's the part they need to, and, and agencies are working on it, whether it's WPP, uh, WPP or Interpub or, you know, Publicis, they are working on that audiences. Uh, working on, uh, they are, they have their consulting arm, more and more money, money is being kind of pumped into it. But, uh, but, uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a fight going on, a race going on. So agencies but are getting consulting arms? Really, yeah, yeah it's, but it's really important for the agencies to start understanding what analytics is, what data is, what can be done with the data and not, because at least they have the wherewithal of, wherewithal of the ability to create magic. Along with that magic, it's the logic that they have to now really, really get into in a big way. Logic and magic. So agencies are getting consulting arms and consulting firms are getting agency arms. Absolutely. All right. It's time for some audience questions. The first question from Manu Meenakantans of Prashant Prakash. Prashant, I'm going to read out the question exactly as it's written. If you were consulted, would you, and he says in brackets honestly, so Prashant, you need to be honest about this, recommend any of your portfolio companies to park their design expenses for a while this season and why? Will you ask them to stop spending on design? Uh, so I think I can tell you that uh, uh, most of these companies uh, have to evolve their product for a digital world. And in all cases, I don't think, uh, I can think of one case where, and, and about 80% of our companies had to do cost readjustment in some shape or form. Uh, I can't think of many cases where uh, uh, designers were the ones that were uh, uh, got the short end of that. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, you know, as things will get more and more digital and experience first, uh, I think there is uh, going to be value for designers. But at the same time, like I said, designers have to uh, reciprocate and understand technology, understand their relevance to technology a lot more than what they have been able to do so far. So this is, this is a period where, uh, you know, designers have to kind of come closer to technology. Okay, but Adam, next question from Abhishek Sharma for you. Uh, the word new normal is being used a lot, so what should be the input new normal for designers? Well, I think, I think designers have to move from creativity and production, which has really been the history of design, to more into uh, problem solving. Uh, you know, expanding the, the sort of the 
front of design to deal with many problems that don't deal with traditional design deliverables, whether that be brand or marketing or whatever. I also think is that they also have to create new relationships. Most designers have relationships with marketing, PR, uh, you know, functions within a company. You have to move to like human resources or to the chief financial officer or the chief technology officer. You have to move into sort of new areas of the company and, and solve problems that are human centered that create new value. So that's my biggest thing I think that's going to become the new normal is you've got to get out of the the expression of production treadmill. So I'll uh, next question from Ashwini Deshpande for you. Uh, Ashwini says agencies have put themselves up too high on a pedestal to, to, to listen to even to the large design houses, let alone individual designers and freelancers. How does a design firm or a designer get through to a large agency like Ogilvy, for instance? It's like a mammoth. Uh, I, uh, Ashwini, that's that's very wrong. Uh, in fact, I've been asking you that let's meet up, but you never met. <laughs> anyway, this is getting personal. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I'm joking. I'm joking. I think uh, uh, Ashwini, I don't think that's the case with big design houses. You know, uh, uh, if you, I think the tussle that happens is that when the design houses and the agencies are working on a specific project, because then the guards come up. But I think the, the this conversation should happen beyond handling of brands because uh, once the dialogue starts, right, then possibly even when a even when a project is not ha happening. So, for example, if an agency and a design house is handling a certain brand, then I think that they should have a dialogue even when they are not working on a specific project. And I think that will start to really uh, kind of break the wall. And will be beneficial to both agencies and to the design houses. So and don't uh, definitely for definitely for the clients. So so I, think, I think as well that yeah, so avenues be, need to open. So don't be friends and only from both when sides. Uh, yeah. so yeah. Don't be friends only when this works. Be friends otherwise as well. Because yeah. when it when, when there's work, the friendship goes for a toss. You know, it's it's it has uh, to be built when there's non-work happening. Next question for Harish Vijay from Kanika Gupta, who says. Uh, will there be an increased focus on make in India? And if yes, what will that mean for Indian design business? Oh, yes. I think there's definitely going to be a focus because, you know, what really happens is in this country at this point of time, uh, when there is a definition from the government right at the top, and we're talking Prime Minister Narendra Modi, what really happens is the line gets converted into actual action at the grassroots level. And that's what we've seen over the years, uh, from 2014 onwards. So you'll see a lot of local uh, vocal for local is going to become a movement, which typically means to say, make in India and made in India. And that is going to remain. And the design industry needs to be careful about that, because there's going to be a focus on everything that's Desi, everything that's Indian. In fact, I wrote a paper recently called Desi Revival. You know, Desi Revivalism is going to happen in a big, big way, possibly. The design industry needs to look at that. And that's why, uh, Kanika, I spoke about the fact that, you know, there is going to be this business of what I call hashtag ruralism. Ruralism in design, great way to go as well. And I'm sure Shanu will speak about this more in the end. We at ADI have been trying to get the idea of designed in India as important as well. Not just made in India, but designed in India. That should be a, a label to be worn with some pride. Uh, Next question, I'm going to go to uh, Aparna Piramal once again. With sustainable and ethical design, everybody's talking about how this slowdown is uh, being good for the environment. Do you think sustainable and ethical design will get a new outlook after this? That's what Jyoti asked. Okay, so before I answer that, I'll just answer the other question on the, the luxury and the essential. Right. So, you know, so like I, I look at this period as one of simplicity rather than deprivation. So if I think design adopts that view that you're looking at how do you make life in, enjoy that pleasures of simplicity rather than looking at yourself as depriving luxury products, then I think that you can actually come up with uh, stuff that is uh, of value. Yeah, I think sustainability has certainly, we have, we have all become sensitized to the fact that nature has taken over, like literally seeing those pictures of the yeah. animals yeah. over the streets, etc. So. I think that we are now, even as your poll suggested, that we, we believe that you know there's been some sort of divine retribution in terms of nature. So hopefully, I would be very disappointed if you know we wasted this crisis and we all were locked up for nothing. 
and and the sustainability and the ethical yeah. side didn't come out. So, yeah. Next question for Adam Kalish. Uh, Adam, uh, in the interest of full transparency, was my professor when I was in design school. He taught me a bit about design. So we've got questions from students, Adam. I've got Radhika Kapoor, and this is the most upvoted question today, saying that money is the biggest problem. I'm a design student about to graduate in two months. I have ideas for changing time. However, how do I sustain myself financially so I can bring my ideas to you? What can a young student do, Adam, at this time? Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's the crux of it. I have two daughters who are in the same boat. Uh, they're about the same age. Uh, one is uh, you may need to take out, you may need to take a job or something that's not in your field. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you've got to do something to survive, so you've got to get revenue going. The second thing is you have a lot of time on your hands when you're not employed. But one of the things I always say is try to prototype. And try to define a problem and prototype something and then actually go to an organization and actually propose something to them. So you're sort of doing work on spec in a way, which in normal times would be frowned upon. But I think actually now that could be an opportunity that could actually become a revenue stream. I know several designers here in the United States that are actually doing that. Uh, they're right out of school. So they've actually identified a problem, they prototype it, and then they actually then go to the organization saying, we have a proposal for you. And would you listen to us? And most companies will take the time to listen, will listen to your proposal. So I think it's do, do things to survive, which means you'll have to take jobs that may not be in the design field, but then uh, invest some of your time in actually in both professional development as well as doing uh, these, uh, these uh, projects. And if I may add to Adam's uh, answer, there's an excellent book called Designing Your Life, written by two professors oh, at uh, yes. Stanford School of Design. They talk about how to redesign your career in any time. Crisis time. Harish, next question to you. Sukansha Agarwal asks, your advice for designers who want to launch a brand after the COVID uh, crisis seems to be over. Uh, I think I think there are several opportunities. Anything that's COVID-centric, anything that COVID has displaced, any mindset that COVID has displaced, any item that COVID has displaced, any item that COVID has created a need for, want for, etc. The mask, for instance, is a big, big item. I work with Tirupur in a very deep manner. Within six days of the COVID uh, lockdown, we started manufacturing across three outlets masks. And masks of every kind, you know, top-end masks, which are actually uh, Gucci masks, literally, and the middle-end masks, and the bottom-end masks, which sell at 10 bucks. So design anything. I mean, you know, those handheld uh, thermal readers, the mask, the bag, anything that's related to it. And, and that is at the bottom end. As you climb the hierarchy of design, plenty of opportunity. Anything that COVID has displaced is a fantastic branding opportunity. All right, excellent. So now, same question to you. If you're launching a brand uh, post this COVID crisis, what should be the sort of brand guidelines from an advertising design point of view? Uh, I think one of the first things I would say for anybody, a big brand, small brand, is that uh, uh, one big thing, big shift that has, that will happen post-COVID is that your brand uh, uh, should come across as not something that is being sold, as a selfish selling. Uh, any communication that we do should be from the point of view of humanity, compassion, empathy. You know, these are very, very uh, important words. Whatever might be the product, whatever might be the brand, I think it has to come from the point of view of what value. I mean, see, that was always important for any brand to communicate to the consumer what value I bring in. But I think post-COVID, that has become absolutely critical uh, in terms of what kind of communication any brand should have. Of course, brand will talk about what the brand does, but in terms of tonality, in terms of how we communicate, it will have to be from absolutely from the consumer's point of view. Uh, so that's definitely one of the things that needs to be done. All right. Uh, besides and that, uh, yeah, I think if you if you come from that point of view, mm -hmm. then uh, then it'll be a, it'll be a good time to launch post COVID. Right. Any any brand. Some of the final question I think should come to you, Vichara Thoda. Should design schools restructure their courses in order to guide students not only to survive in this industry? But to address business needs and time frames. Wow, so you've left the toughest one. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of discussion on uh, this 
design and they are actually talking to design schools currently on how they can make design, which is really a very tactile field, a field where you need to empathize, a field where you need to actually meet people and observe things physically. How do you move all that? How do you move that into a space that is perhaps remote, perhaps without such tactility, without uh, the ability to actually assess situations on the ground? So that is an entire discussion piece that one is having uh, about design institutions. But I do believe that uh, I think, uh, as Adam had also mentioned, uh, design definitely needs a place uh, at the table in the boardroom. And it is happening. We are, in fact, uh, sensing it. And therefore, the idea of business and integrating and keeping business within design schools or at least components of it, and how to strategize to help businesses really apply design thinking to come out more successful. I think these are things, these are discussions that have been brought to the fore and they must be taken up with uh, with much uh, enthusiasm currently. All right, very much, Shukla. I'm going to ask you to activate your video now. Verima has been making sketch notes, sort of minutes of the meeting in graphic form. Verima, whenever you're ready, share away. There you go. All of us captured in wow. digital sketch glory, survival stuff. Lovely, 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 lovely. Very cool. I noticed Sonal is the man with the maximum hair in the sketch. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. So here we go. Here's a sketch. All of you will be emailed this sketch. Verima, this is a lovely sketch. And, uh, Thank you. They survive and thrive and there's four very happy smiling faces. I'm assuming those are optimistic designers in the bottom right corner. Right? Agencies to understand logic to create magic. That is Sonal's insight. Uh, this beautifully captures this entire discussion and all the insights. Like I said, we'll mail you all of you uh, this. Garima, thank you very much. This is excellent as always. All right. Shadu, over to you for a few closing comments before we end the webinar. Thanks, Suresh. This was a really, really makes a great yarn, and by that I mean some really cool insights for designers. Looking at design from outside in, I think is something that's required because a lot of conversations are just held between designers about design and it's really important to get this. I think, for example, a partner's view on businesses and businesses looking at their own survival strategies. I think that's really important. I've heard clients say to me as soon as COVID struck, in fact, I've heard a client who said that design is a discretionary spend and therefore their plans were put on hold to reserve for better times. Arish, this time I concur with you. Home is definitely your oyster and everything that's centered around it. The home becomes an opportunity. The surrounding locale is an opportunity. And I think it's a great opportunity for designers to look at because there's going to be so much change with people working from home. You don't want to be sitting at the dining table and, you know, jumping in and out and converting it to space. And these you are... Know, the you know, everybody who is finding the benefit from this is saying it's a great idea. The real estate industry is saying that. Design industry is saying that. So I'm happy. <laughs> so they're actually working on it. They're actually working on it because the reality yeah. there are small homes. Yeah. But I'm not happy with the word designism. I think it sounds more like a phenomenon and uh, not yeah. the solution. So we need to look for another. Yeah. I think Shant uh, Prakash had really fantastic insights uh, from a completely new perspective for designers about investors being human, investors being as perplexed as the rest of us, also in protection mode, protecting their assets. I've heard a client saying that I'm not spending on design because we deserve cash. And that's a reality I think we're all uh, facing. But there was a lot of hope also. Entrepreneurs, I, he, he also said that entrepreneurs seem to be having a drought of ideas and therefore investors are moving towards lighter business, lighter weight business models, such as businesses. So you have an opportunity for smart designers to build smart enterprise products and you know really be as disruptive as the times are, I think. So now you spoke the big truth. Big agencies were lulled into complacency. <laughs> everyone's great. Everyone's great. But I, it, yeah, I, I, I just, uh, I, I just thought of a very important point that I wanted to just share with ahead. designers. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting, which I, 
which is that you know whether you are you you are a, a graphic designer product designer whatever designer do not forget video right video and audio because that's the future anything you do master that whatever you might be doing yeah that's so true i so, think everyone here yeah. is creative and you can just generate a lot of content but what's interesting is you also said that design should differentiate from ad agencies and work more on the experiential aspects and increase their share of the pie in terms of input i think that's something yeah. to remember as also that design can be a handmade to strategy just like big strategy consulting companies are now buying over design it's time to do it the other way get more strategic in your thinking yes. Yes. yeah and adam i i love it you said that design should rethink opportunities and address green markets and opportunities get small to do big things i i think that very important question that you left everyone with what drives your income and how do you differentiate yourself to be recognized and add value that's something really to ponder so i mean that's what i I'd, i'd like to just conclude by saying thank you for just wonderfully engaging and i think that design definitely i mean from my interactions with clients i know that people are looking at us not only to come up with design as product or as a deliverable but to actually design organizations and how organizations perform how their processes should be restructured redesigned design thinking is big so it's a good time it's a good time for us to get out of this with an optimistic thought thank you thank you right. thank Ravi. you Danu, if you continue putting things together so eloquently and elegantly, I'll be out of a job soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that excellent summary. We're at the end. Harish, Aparna, Sonal, Adam, and Prashant in absentia. Thank you all. Adam is basically for waking up at six in the morning to join us uh, from the US. Anytime. Thank Anytime. you all. Thank, Thank you, you all Thank from the entire team.